graduation ceremony. From the National Weather Service in Whiteland. New acting projection. Turtle, the, the waves through the ether fuzz roll on forever. Roar! Which has attracted tens of thousands of customers. Listen up, all you foxes and coxes. It's time for Death by DVD. And on this episode, we are gonna take you to a little place where the sun sleeps late and pours itself a shot of tequila. It's a little place called Pleasure Island, and that's where I'd like to fill ya. Here to help me fill you. They were the girls by the palm tree on AM Pump Up with Amy Aerobics. Then, the girl next to Amy Aerobics died. They became the girl next to Amy Aerobics. Then, Amy Aerobics died, and they became the new Amy Aerobics. With me, Tessa and Nicole, the host of Doom Generation Podcast. Well, well, you know, we're down to do it. Thank you for having us, but my name is not Nicole. My name is Coconut <laughs> We have dressed for the occasion. Yes, we are breezy, island breezy. Mm -hmm. I got my cowrie shells. I got my shark tooth. I got two shark teeth. <laughs> it would be coconut skeet. Coconut <laughs> skeet, your twin sister. Something's got to be Paul Soder. Or um, any of the other cast of this movie. Yeah, I shouldn't have said their real names. That throws it off, because now it doesn't sound funny anymore. Uh, Here to kill the joke, it's me, your host. I'm Harry Scott Sullivan, and we're going to discuss a film that... I dare fucking say is an American giallo. It's certainly a slasher film, but the more interesting fact is this is by Broken Lizard. This is the group of fine people that brought us Super Troopers and Super Troopers 2. Beer Fest, Broken Lizard's Club Dread. You also got Slammin' Salmon, a movie often not talked about. I would talk more about it, but I couldn't fucking find it to watch. A movie called Puddle Cruisers, 1996. Quasi just came out 420. Conveniently, we are recording this episode 421. It would have been the 420 special, but we were too stoned to do it because we were watching Quasi. Uh, <laughs> we'll just, I'm just going to suck their dick throughout the episode. Like, yeah! Listen to Broken this. Lizard! We got things yeah, to check say. it out! This one I, is a hard movie to sell because right off the bat, I would say most horror fans probably don't know what the movie is you you look into it even even genre fans itself it's not a lost movie but it was released on dvd it runs about 19 to 30 dollars to get yourself a copy of said dvd on amazon.com but it's a, a a slap happy slasher film from a very strange era of dick and fart jokes a lot of terms that aren't too cool to use anymore but still are kind of funny when said <laughs> in this movie it's I I don't want to start things off by having to warn like oh fuck this is a a, a comedy that could vary it's I don't know if if something offends you in this movie you may maybe lighten up a little bit yeah it's not that yeah, bad yeah it's really not there wasn't too many things that I mean we've definitely covered worse but we also cover much older movies that's also true this was at the cusp of when things started to go you know a little bit like wait a minute <clears throat> maybe yeah. we don't go 
full All full on oh yeah never go full r word <laughs> <laughs> i know i don't even want to say it you don't want to go full fabian mm. that's the way we call it being fabian mm-hmm. i think maybe the the most guilty this movie is is using the term uh and i don't remember if it was hillary or Haley duff but we all learned from one of the duff sisters how it's very inappropriate to use the term gay to refer to things that aren't cool or boring and that's really the biggest fault with this movie lots of uh sexualized horny females which apparently was a problem with the studio that this was uh well we'll get into this later but broken lizard had an actual production company for this movie and they were very upset with trying to sell the lead females all had sex because you can't relate to that you know how how's the average woman of 2004 going to relate to Chicks I fucking prefer people. that to that they were all getting date raped. Like yeah. they all wanted to fuck. Right. Those girls had toys to under fuck. their beds and right? like, little outfits. They were ready for a three way. They were like, hey, they were down, down to they clown, went to man. their li- down to clown till you're dead in the ground. <laughs> That's right. Our our crusty audiences already creamed their jeans during the voices of women, but now oh shit. <laughs> They can say shit like that on Death by DVD. Oh, wow. Oh, we can say anything we, we want. We can say whatever. It doesn't mean you have to like it, but mm. we can say it. That's true. Send all complaints to Death by DVD. Yes. <laughs> For God's sake, somebody email us. I got I got this email feature on the website. No one's used it. Somebody complain, do something. We've never had more than at least, let's say, me and Nash, one, two, three, four, four boobs on this show at a time. And now we got <laughs> a one, two, three, four, five, six. There's, it's, this is like the, 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 the greatest extravaganza that we've ever had. Please don't tune out. extravaganza. Stay tuned. At some point, we'll talk about the movie. Maybe like to get the audience to know you guys a little bit better, I can ask uh, an, like a general interview question. Uh, what's your favorite slurs? Not, it doesn't have to be racist. I mean, any of them. We interrupt this episode with a brief word from one of our sponsors. Well, come on, you you know who I am. Yeah, well, I'm the stocky one, the heavy set fella. You'd be surprised how much the two have in common. Ernest Borgnine, legendary Hollywood tough guy known for movies such as The Wild Bunch, Yeehaw! The Dirty Dozen, Escape from New York, The Poseidon Adventure. And even horror films like The Devil's Reign had a secret to life. A secret to longevity. And that secret was masturbating. 
a lot. I masturbate a lot. Ernest Borgnine was not only a beloved character actor, but a fervent, constant masturbator, a factor which contributed to his nearly 100 years of life. If Borgie knew anything, it was choking the chicken. And now, with this new guide, you can really get the licks in. Ernest Borgnine's Guide to Masturbation, a new book chronicling the many ways one can masturbate. You look fantastic. You look like you're in your late 60s, early 70s. What's the secret? I don't dare tell you. <laughs> no meat. You don't eat meat. I masturbate a lot. Did you know in the United States alone there are between 500 and 1,000 masturbatorial-related deaths each year? Wow. With Borgnine's Guide to Beating It, you no longer need to fear that the end is near when you want to come. Are we clear? When you're stroking it, there is no joke in it. Peril awaits at every corner. Just look at David Carradine. Don't be caught hanging without a clue. With this guide, you'll know everything to do. Remember when you had the crabs and the only thing that made you feel better was this lotion? I found another use for it. Ernest Borgnine's Guide to Masturbation includes hundreds of safe techniques that will help you diddle the skittle. It's not a riddle, and like Snoop Doggy Dog would say, it's faux shizzle. A shizzle dizzle. Uncovered recently at a Hollywood estate sale, Ernest Borgnine's Guide to Firing Off Some Knuckle Children will help you survive. Handwritten between 1952 and 1989, Borgnine's Guide to Private Time will energize, revitalize, and keep you alive. You'll learn how to beat it, whip it, bang it, smack it, rub it, love it, tug the slug, summon that semen demon, farm the dopamine, play around the five on one and I bet you'll come. Ernest Borgnine's hands-on guide to feeling fine. Let loose and juice the goose. Butter the muffin, because it's better than nothing. Ernest Borgnine's guide to staying alive will keep you auditioning finger puppets all night long. Life isn't about come and go, it's the more you know. Live longer, massage that donger, 
Ernest Borgnine's hands-on guide to long life and masturbation. Available now at a bookstore near you. Be sure to visit www.deathbydvd.com for more information on whacking your doodle, rubbing the poodle, or even a finger up the skadoodle. I'm Tessa. And I'm Nicole. And we have a spanking new podcast for your ear holes called Doom Generation. Listen in as two foul mouth biddies have an always casual, often comedic. What? I think we're funny. And sometimes chaotic conversation about the things that doomed us to be who we are today. Take a trip with us down nostalgia lane and we'll try not to veer off the road. Available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Doom Generation Pod and on Twitter at Doom Gen Pod. Later, Later Doomers. Doomers. And now back to death and doom. So Broken Lizard, Club Dread. I guess I can do the origin story for Broken Lizard. It's a good filler for the intro before we actually get into the Yeah, fun I don't parts know if I show. know it. Mm, I don't think I do. Mm-mm. So we'll be learning something. Thankfully, I can manage a Broken Lizard origin story. We have some core members. There's some debate. There's some debacle. There's some magic to saying this man's name. Jay Chandrashikar. Jay Chandrashikar. <laughs> I forgot what it was when we listened Chandrakar. to it. Chandrashikar. We all practiced before the show. We did. Chandrashikar. We did, and we're still not going to get it right. I apologize, nope. Jay. Sorry, Jay. So we're going to call him Jay, because the first part, he knew going into Hollywood make one part of your name pronounceable, and he did. And mm-hmm. thank you. Jay Chandrasekhar. <laughs> then you've got Kevin Heffernan, Steve Lemmy, Paul Soder, Eric Stolkansky. I can say his name. I know. I can that, do that seems one. unfair. Yeah. yeah. Eric Stolkansky. These are your core members. All of these guys met at Colgate College back in the 90s, which is ironic. They met at a Colgate College comedy troupe. I went to Crest. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All I could think was toothpaste as soon as you said Colgate College. So. I'm so glad that joke worked. I was there. seeing like the red and white uh-huh, and blue yep. like striped going mm-hmm. onto the toothpaste. Mm-hmm. Or it's the only joke I wrote down for this whole episode. I think I'm as funny as the most recent Broken Lizard movie at this point. They should hire me. <laughs> there you go. But they met uh, legitimately. There is a college called Colgate, and they they met and started a comedy troupe as a group of comedians. They remind me deeply of Monty Python, and there are similarities throughout their work. Their most recent film came out on 420. It's a movie called Quasi, and it's it's a got at least a 10 million dollar movie, a period piece set in 14th 15th century France about the unknown story of Quasimodo. I don't know how. I'm jealous of of their secrets, but these guys have gotten a steady production flow of at least a couple million dollars since 
the early 2000s. Their first film in 1996, I believe, was called Puddle Cruisers. I've never seen it. I've never been able to find it. Following that up, they have done rounds of stand-up comedy. They've done sketch comedy. And the most infamous of all their work is a film called Super Troopers that we all know it. We all love it. I think everyone can quote it at some extent. Following that, they had a film called Club Dreads, the movie we're going to be talking about. And at this point, you've got Super Troopers 2, Beer Fest. God, is that about what it? Was Quasi? The yeah, shit. One you said? Uh, oh, Slammin' Salmon. 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 Which salmon. I, it, I, I have to say, very low ratings. You can get an IMDb letterboxed. It's a funny movie. It's all I right. Like it's I okay. saw that one, though. I don't think I've seen that one. It has Michael Clark Duncan in it. Yes, I did see that one. Okay. I saw it one time. Where did I see that? Does it matter? <laughs> no. <laughs> Does it matter? Whatever, motherfucker! Diving into this episode, I wanted to look at some other critics' reviews. And man, this movie is panned and bombed. Horror audiences hate it. They hate it because it seems to almost offend them. Like, they're trying to make a horror movie, but they're trying to make it too funny. Well, it's a fucking horror comedy. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. That's horror like, comedies. Horror the comedy be- is one of the thing. best genres, in my opinion. I mean, it's not my favorite. <clears throat> I love. It's it. really See, I don't like favorite. a straight horror. I gotta. I like a little. I like you a like gay horror. <laughs> yeah, I like a gay horror with also a little bit of comedy. Yes. <laughs> I think, ironically, though, I, I watched the movie maybe more times than I should have for this episode. But there's a certain genre of horror. That's called Giallos, and it's it's probably the most well-regarded, famous horror thing of all time. Oh, it's it's, it's these Italian guys. They did it. They, it's very artful. It's very, very gorgeous. This movie follows the exact archetype of every famous Italian Giallo, even things like fucking Deep Red or Suspiria, all by Dario Argento. This movie comes from the quintessential format of what makes a giallo film, and most of them, well, the term giallo itself comes from the word yellow, and all these novels that were called giallo novels had yellow, thinning, awful pages. They get translated into films. Most of them were English and American authors, namely the most infamous of them all was uh, Agatha Christie. And this film, Club Dread, doesn't show up in the credits, it's not on the Wikipedia, but this is by default the exact basis of her most famous novel, and then there were one, which the original name of it we can't say on the show. And then they named it The Ten Little Indians, which isn't any better. No. And it finally is published now, and then there were none. If you've read that, if you're aware of Agatha Christie, this is the story for Club Dread. It starts... Mm -hmm. As incredibly formulaic, it's nothing more than a knockoff of early 70s to late 70s Italian giallo films. But the glory is we've got the people that brought Super Troopers and then the icing on the cake. A lot of hot-bodied, really attractive women. And then there's Bill Paxton! Yay! I should have brought my Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah, we'll watch anything with Bill Paxton. Yeah. You got so many movies, but this might be one of the greatest performances of Bill Paxton because he's not fucking acting. He just showed up. It's him. He doesn't really even, well, God rest his soul. He didn't even really drink much, but he just was there. Seven in the morning, the greatest fake drunk of all time. All that wrapped together. It's a murder mystery. It takes place on an island. You almost get to see Bill Paxton's penis. You do get two manginas. There are two manginas and tons of tits. Great. I mean, even that, that should be the, the sole review of the movie. Tons of tits. Almost get to see some Paxton cock. It's fine. Like, that's it. It's Paxton That's the pubes. show. And I mean, I I had forgotten that I had already watched it because I probably watched it when it came out, what, almost 20 years ago now. 
And I so I had, I loved Super Troopers and had seen that a bunch of times. But when I went to rewatch it, even though I remembered I'd seen it, I didn't remember who done it. It did yeah. it did a pretty good job of who done it. Yeah, because I wouldn't have guessed. They were good at like I mean, and it was very purposeful and obvious know, that yeah. they were trying to make you think <clears throat> everybody did it, but it worked. And I didn't even put it together that that and then there were none. Whatever. Now that you've said that, I'm like, oh, wow, that's really smart. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is compliments to Broken Lizard because a lot of the movie is uh, how problematic isn't the term I want to use. But there was a troublesome shoot that the original cut of this movie runs something like three hours, two hours, 30 some odd minutes. The final cut, the director's wow. cut, is an hour and 59 minutes. And then the regular version that everyone else has seen is like an hour and 42. So there are uh, characters, entire stories, people that have been removed from this. And even from the very beginning, there was a problem with that introduction. And when the movie begins, we get a very formulaic introduction to who these characters are. And no one wanted the scene that we introduced the movie with two characters being killed. And, and maybe one of my favorite scenes, somebody says, Hey, why don't you lick my chest? Yeah. <laughs> It's the worst sex scene of all time. Right. Heads and I tails. I mean, the only that, well, see, those people were, we find out soon later that they were all on E, which is the only right. thing that makes all of what happened in that scene make I mean, a little exactly. bit of sense. That makes a lot or more X, sense. Or X, right? They call or it what, X. Yeah, but yeah, X, same e, thing. Whatever. But, but yeah, that decapitation scene was actually really fucking cool, though. The when it takes her head off and her head spins and the camera. Oh yeah, spins, and the camera and then, rolls like, with it. Yeah, where yeah. it's like her. Uh, like POV. she gets to see her own body fall over and then like it's like writhing over yeah the it's like that was cool there was some cool stuff you can tell they're fans of that type of or mm -hmm. at least some of them must be fans of that type of cinema right the beginning of the movie and that scene itself too i don't know how true this story is but they apparently stole or borrowed rather that camera from another production and just elongated that shoot for two or three days if we're gonna get it done we're gonna shoot it but it was a very important camera lens. It wasn't like a hmm. weird practical effect that almost everything was in-house shot. And yes, this this movie was a big, not just, I mean, I started this off with some balls to try and entice my audience using words like giallo. And <laughs> like that. But they definitely wanted to make something comprehensible, especially to American slashers. And there's some movies, or movies, there's some fucking scenes in this movie, rather, that are straight out of Halloween, that are out of Terror Train. Uh, Halloween, namely, like there's a scene mm -hmm. where the killer is dressing as a pineapple in one of my favorite scenes because there's a human Pac-Man game that's yes. happening. I wrote cool. that. I wrote I a note. I was like, oh, duh, they're fucking playing Pac-Man. Yeah. I was like, what are they doing? And the second watch through, I was like, oh, you're an idiot. I totally want to play human Pac-Man. <laughs> or as it's called in South America, Circle Eater. Yeah, Circle Eater in Nicaragua. <laughs> Not always called Pac-Man. But there's a lot of like length and layered duality to this movie that there's a lot of jokes. And it's, it's, it's almost like a Marx Brothers film that I, I dare say... I'd say every five to ten seconds in a in a general Marx Brothers movie, Groucho is firing off a joke. There's maybe a joke every eight to ten seconds in this movie, even if it's not on screen. Even if it's stuff you have to think about, one of which I'll get into before we get into that part. But the lore of this killer is that he's named Machete Phil. Right. But his actual name is Coletti, which is Machete Coletti. And that's the greatest goddamn joke in the movie. No one says it. It's never once said, but his name's Machete Coletti. That's I great. I didn't even, I didn't even clock that. that. Nope, not a once. 
No See, one says it. That's but why man. we're here. Yep. That's <laughs> oh, there's gonna be a lot of that. Like, yeah, it's like Club Dread is about to get so deep right now. I'm like, I know. Oh, layers on layers. Liana's gonna love this episode. We're like, this is fucking genius. Our research assistant Liana loves Club Dread, mm-hmm. so she'll be excited for this. She was super excited that we were doing it. We can dive in at least easily with the beginning of the movie because there's no better way than just discussing what what happens in this film. It's hard to do a general plot synopsis because we're just gonna miss stuff. So we can start with the very beginning of Club Dread. It's a, a fantasy island, and this concept's kind of gone, but in the early to, to mid-2000s, there were ridiculous amounts of game shows. Donald fucking Trump had one. You'd win weird shit. You literally got to live on Fantasy Island. So this aging rock star named Coconut Pete, which is the, the most beautiful homage. I was listening to the commentary before this, and they were all shocked that people didn't know who it was based on, and they had no understanding that it comes from Jimmy Buffett. But in 2023, he's not exactly the the top of the charts anymore. It's it's Jimmy Buffett. But this Jimmy is, uh, as you can see, yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, fuck there, there's very little that I dislike in this world, but Jimmy Buffett is on the top oh, of, on the, of list. the list of those Jimmy things. Buffett. Despite how I appear... At this very moment, uh, <laughs> right? I'm not. Despite what it looks like, this is a coconut. Pete this is coconut. Pete. This isn't the same thing. It's not well. I and it has to. I don't know the exact story, but the entire point of this is they were making fun of that. And and the other day, studying for this, like legitimately, this was studying. It was 4:20. I got really stoned and watched every Broken Lizard movie. They really love to pick a subculture. It's usually the French and make fun of them. Mm. They've done at least three movies where the French are completely the butt of the joke, and that's normal. That's <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to get like hate from the French on uh-uh. this episode, but I, you know, you're the French. It happens. You guys like Jerry Lewis a lot. Oh, fuck him too. <laughs> there was a great joke in Quasi. It was, it was so good that they're talking about fondue, and someone went, Sacre Blue, that's a good fondue. God damn, the French. <laughs> You can't help but love them and hate them at the same time. Uh, but this film is 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 moving away from picking on. We got the Germans and Super Troopers, the police and Super Troopers, the Canadians and Super Troopers. That's one movie. Yeah. That's so many people. One movie. Beer Fest, they kind of took on. I mean, they do make fun of the Irish a lot, but that's not hard. They did that. They The French again. The new one is heavily French. This film was just going directly at, like, I like the term wook. I hope that's not a slur. I hope we don't get in trouble for that. But a wook, uh, usually long hair, some sort of white dreadlock person, really into Jimmy Buffett fish thing. They look like Chewbacca. Okay. And this is like the whole culture like of this film. Yeah, you know, they really, they, they look like him. And it's I don't know if that's a slur to Star Wars fans or <laughs> the hippie. You know, one of the, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Mimi, hit my captain's hurt. hat on the mic. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Don't ruffle my captain's hat. Don't ruffle my cap. Can't fuck up the captain's hat to the second <laughs> act. You got you to gotta wait a little while before you rough it up. But uh, I don't even know what the fuck I was I just, Star Wars fans are terrible people. I was trying not to offend them, and now the joke is gone. It was definitely about hippies. And <laughs> it's definitely something. hippies. Yeah, well, which is a, a, at least a, a group of people that if you do offend, they're not going to do anything about it. Because, yeah, you know, what are namaste. They yeah, pacifist. Or what was what, that joke in the movie? The the, the pacifists are gonna kick you out, out the, or they're gonna ask you to leave nicely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's fine, and it all comes full circle because that's exactly what the movie is making fun of. And but not so much, I would say, the fish people, but more the parrot heads. That the the icon. This movie ba- is based around this this resort island that is run by a man named Coco, Co- Coconut Co- Coconut. 
Cokey nuts. Coco Coconut Pete. Pete. Coco Cunt Pete serving Coco Cunt. Clack, clack. Uh. As the kids say, I, I feel I'm serving Coco Cunt. I yes. really. You are. You are. It's a serve. So, yeah, not making too much fun of every subculture. This one directs itself almost immediately on, I'd say, the parrot heads. Not so much just the fish hands, but this is specifically making fun of your 60 to 50-year-old parents. These are people that really, really got into it in the 80s, and the whole subculture is we have this island, conveniently called Pleasure Island, where this aging pina colada bird... (laughs) Perfect fantasy. It's Margaritaville. I mean, we're really riffing on Jimmy Buffett here. Bill Paxton is playing this beautiful character called Coconut Pete, and he has created the ultimate fantasy island. And there was so much stuff in the the late 90s to early 2000s that made this movie make better sense. And a lot of it was just cultural stuff that's gone, but there were thousands of, hey, here's two random people. We're going to pair you together, and you're going to go to this island and see if you hate each other. And well, here's it's also a show. Those hedonism resorts. Remember those? Oh. Hedonism resorts. Mm-hmm. There was <clears> these places. There was <clears throat> yeah. There were like club meds or whatever, but like for swingers and shit, and like people that wanted to go and hook up. So there was hedonism resorts back then too. So I feel like this is also. Yeah, I remember there being a lot more. Come to the island, right? Like you go down to the Virgin Islands to like go. Fuck strangers. Yeah, basically. Or like the people that work there. Like you go get. Yes, and they do that in the movie when Mm -hmm. he's like, "Please fuck the guests." Yeah, (laughs) some of them are good looking. Some of them are good looking. Yeah, you know that's what we get paid for. And it's definitely like an upper white middle collar. I think I said it all backwards. It's an upper class sort of resort thing. Like this is not where poor people from Arkansas are going. This is a little bit more well off. Everybody's kind of white casualty sort of like let's go everyone's fucking and having fun we can break the law out here and it's just uh, a 4-h camp it, it's just hey we got a bunch of drunk adults and we're gonna make them do dumb drunk fun games and they're gonna have fun and pay eight thousand dollars for a week and all while this is happening murder yes like that it's the perfect example for any slasher film and i find a hard argument against most horror fans that hate this movie i just don't get it dude Friday the 13th is about a bunch of people fucking at a camp. The camp hasn't even opened up yet. They're just fucking. They're just banging. Yeah, there's you like know, Kevin Bacon's banging. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no plot. There's no story. No. There's actually a plot and story with this film. And it's a pretty, I mean, it's it's no matter what version you want to watch. If you want to watch the director's cut, that's almost two hours long. If you want to watch the regular cut, it's still almost two hours long. This movie is is almost guilty it's not almost it's 100 guilty of fucking more story than anything else every single character gets a backstory the first like 22 minutes of this movie they have to give individual little cards to each character to set up how they could or couldn't be the killer which works for the benefit of the movie itself but by like minute 18 it's like there's 14 hot chicks a bunch of weird guys that might be the dudes from super troopers one of them's brown now and then the brown one is he's still brown yeah. he doesn't change he's still he remained that color but he's got a funny accent and it's different this time and then this movie sort of like like sputters to a start we've met all these people we've seen at least like six pairs of tits there's a great great amount of nudity really it's good all hot-bodied, really good tits. It's fantastic. Then the movie just, like, focuses and suddenly starts 20 minutes into what's going on, and you realize, like, oh, they're, they're dying. 
That's right? the story. Right. Holy shit, they're dying. Okay. Yeah, it starts off with them dying. Well, with three of them dying. Yeah, three and of then them. we go an hour earlier <clears throat> to the possible reasons why they might have died by going through each character mm-hmm, as right. we land on the island and seeing the interaction they had with the guy that died and the right. girls that died to and see. And instead, I was saying, like, ooh. One of the Sweet Valley twins. Ooh, Janet from 90210. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, Jenny. So for us, Jenny, oh, and, mm-hmm. who is, what is her? Her name's Jenny, but she's the new Amy, right? She's a twin, and mm-hmm. we used to watch Sweet Valley High. Or was it Sweet, Sweet Valley, Valley High? Sweet Valley High, yeah. There was a show. And her and her sister played the twins, and those were books mm-hmm. that we read as girls. As and girls. So watching this, we're like, oh, how oh. weird. And you never see her titties, though, right? Uh, oh no, you do. Titties? You do? Yes, yeah, I think you yeah. do. You see everybody's titties. You I don't think, see used no, titties. No, you don't see. Do you see used titties? <laughs> do you see used titties? No. no, you don't see used titties. We get to see not only her titties, the daughter of Cheryl Ladd. Yeah, we get to see her titties. We get a Charlie's Angels titties. And now, didn't she show titties in Nowhere? Oh, probably. Because it was like a lot of sex scene stuff happening in Nowhere. I feel like they she... could have been stunt. <laughs> stunt tits. <laughs> they could have been. Well, you they managed to actually have for that scene, her one nude scene, the, that was a stunt hit. All the stunt flips. So they managed to yeah. find somebody that had the the equal or lesser size of the duality of her breasts to flip to do those back flips. and forth. Oh, wow. Perfect. Nice. Yeah, it was I a perfect breast ratio. In the casting for that, like you'd have to do. All right. Line them like, up. up. It would be take like showgirls. Like I was going to say, them out. like showgirls. We got a topless show. I got to yep. see them tits. Got to see them titties. Here's some ice. Well, you got to flip. You know, you got to make sure the left one is equal to the right, right one. To when the they flip, there's got to the be. One from the this other. is a this is a job contender for you, Harry. Casting director for titty movies. Yeah, come on, oh, that would Jesus be a thing Christ. you could do. I already <laughs> looked the part. I mean, I really <laughs> like, wear that outfit. Yes, that show us. that lay. Yeah, mm-hmm. every time. You look like a tit spurt. A tit spurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that on my bio on the website now. That's. That's going on my business card. You're like Spr- FBI female. Two women said it about me. <laughs> I yeah. It wasn't like some creepy guy at a bar named Stan was like, "You look like a titspurt." Like no, two women said it. It's it's, it's legit now. <laughs> it's okay. Well, there's a weird amount of, of of continuity errors in this movie that maybe I shouldn't point attention to, but some of them even do come from the tits at the very beginning of the movie of two nude characters that are running away with their tits out, bouncing pleasantly, and then they're shirted right before their deaths following that scene oh. of a character that well, is- Well, I yeah. saw the one gal putting her shirt the on while she was running. The one was trying to put it on she was running. The other one was holding it over her boobs. So, bras, yeah, everything are back it, yeah. on in that next scene. Oh, I didn't, I yeah, didn't clock the, that the bras were back on. Well, could you imagine running from a killer and putting your bra back on? Fuck that. No, nah, fuck that. I'm running tits out. Tits akimbo. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> they don't do that. They're big enough to bop, bop, bop. Like, whatever. Maybe a pop, pop, pop. Maybe a little bit of little flop, <laughs> flop. Pop. Now that's me, girl. <laughs> Well, in the following scene, you've got somebody going off that cliff, and if you watch very carefully, she's in a full dive going down. Yes. Like, she's fine. That actress is A-OK. There's nothing happening to her. And then following the scene where the head is cut off at the end of that, they had some really neat spiral lens that may or may not have been stolen from another movie. Again, it's all different clothed, different people. It's never the same person in any of these scenes. It was shot. I wouldn't say run and gun. I mean, this was a studio deal. And I'm, I, I don't mean this insulting at all to Broken Lizard, but I, I really am 
wondering how they have managed a two-decade-long right. deal with... It, it used to be Fox Searchlight. Now it's just called Searchlight. Yeah. When they started, it was <laughs> all their films were by Fox. Now it's Searchlight Company, but they're still running on... The son of an executive is a big Broken Lizard fan. It has my to be. to that question. It has to be. They flew everyone to Mexico. They had Bill Paxton, and he's in a majority of scenes. He at least shot 10 days on a 20-day shoot in this film. He was involved. They paid people. They Like, they, real money, not fake money. None of the, none <laughs> of the like, European Monopoly money. Real money. He looks like he's having a good ass time though. Like you I know can he tell, doesn't like, look he looks like he's having a fucking he's just blast. Chill. Like he's just like yeah. He looks high as fuck. He does <laughs> kind of a little bit. He was like, just acting, but I don't believe it. I, I he seems like he was really into every single scene. There's no like fake character there. Bill Paxton no. just showed up drunk and was having a great time. Whether he was drunk or not, or on or like high edibles, or not, like it just seems like he was having a good time. Like he would. He was done just it, chilling. Like, he didn't yeah. have to work hard. I mean, right. I almost did the blood on my neck, but yes. because of the microphone, you wouldn't be able to see it anyway. But my kids have fake blood, and I almost did the like rope, whatever, whatever blood mark. I should have chopped my arms off for this. Damn it, you! <laughs> that's one of my Damn favorite you. things. Like this, this movie itself is filled nonstop with zingers, weird punchlines, dumb jokes. Some of them aren't even present on screen. You've got the whole. Machete Coletti. The killer's name is Machete Coletti. It's never said. They only call him Machete Phil. But god damn if that's not the best fucking joke in the movie. Machete Coletti? Come yeah. on. That's great. The you joke runs until that character dies, but it provides some of the heartiest laughs throughout the movie. You just named a character you. You could go anywhere with that. And <laughs> they could. do. They do. They really do. <laughs> And I feel like even if they're, I don't know if they're derivative. See, I'm not the horror fan. That's that's this girl over here. So I don't know whether it's derivative or not. So for me, who's not a big like studier of studier of horror. Study. Wow. Okay. okay. Smart too. She's Woo, both smartest. I'm the whole smartest. <laughs> most smartest. Uh, but for me, a lot of those kills were creative. Like, I thought it was great. Well, because like I told you, I thought I had seen it, but also. I thought that I could be getting it mixed up with I still know what you did last summer, which is a very similar thing. And then there's like a Jack Black character with the dreads and the captain's hat. And he's like giving everybody. Well, it, it does. It, it really fits in perfectly with all of the parody films of that. Right. Era. And, and it that does. itself was really big in in because horror was kind of dead. I mean, you go from the late 80s into the early 90s. The slasher genre had died. Horror pictures itself weren't as like major produced. And then in the 2000s, you had movies like Valentine. I know what you did last yeah, summer. That's true. Yeah. Like you had all of those. Well, like even the mid 90s on, there was a lot of pretty decent horror movies that Scream kind of brought about I only a whole saw another... the first Scream. I'll be honest. I saw part of I the did. second I Scream. I saw that shit in the theater. The like one. I was fucking stoked because, well, because I I'm saw a the first one in the theater. Horror yeah. movie fan. So like I went and saw like anything that I could see and the fact that it was far more accessible and there was more things then yeah, I was excited for. It. But this is yeah, this is a horror movie. Yeah, it's like scary movie. Yeah, or, it's like, like, but yeah, like it's like not the, as over scary movie is more campy. That one's over more the top. campy and over the top. That one's more of a joke. And this is a parody too, but the kills I think are like it's a slasher. It's pretty film. genuine. Like, there's yeah. guts. The whole the parachuting yes, the body I in like I want to yeah. know how the fuck did he parachute that goddamn body right in. like how did they send the boat I know that one at, I know you do how the 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 whole shack was made out of balsa wood and it's just a fake body 
Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like a weighted. It might look good on the original like DVD, but watching it now, like it, it's a, a a police academy style. Like they just threw a dummy up there. They didn't well, care. I mean, I watched it on HBO. I mean, it looked yeah. Cool to me. Well, because I watched it, so I watched it this the first rewatch where I didn't remember I had seen it and then remembered. And then once I remembered who the killer was, and I watched it again today, I was like, okay, now watch it. It's like watching right. Fight Club. Like now right. watch when it with back, the perspective like, okay, of knowing who it is exactly. And so I was trying to pay attention to like. Is he in the right place at the right, right. time or is he <clears throat> absent at the right time? And then but so how did he in the movie parachute a corpse? Right. In? Like, how did he do it? Well, see, he tossed him off thing the that, tallest tree or. And that's also a thing that I feel like. <laughs> right. Makes the movie kind of good is that it's a whodunit. Like you're trying to figure out who it is on this island that's killing all of these people. It's just like, you know, like any. It gave me what was the Scooby Doo movie? Yes, when they went to the island, the Scooby Doo movie, the Scooby Doo movie, but mixed with like a real horror movie and Broken Lizard. It was like right, like it had its comedic moments, but I feel like it kind of followed that a good whodunit mystery type mm-hmm. of thing with a slasher element, and then you had all of that comedy that went along with it. So it was all. It was actually kind of a good movie. Well, and and I got to give it to Farva. Oh man. Because I have I have seen Super Trooper so many times <laughs> and know him as Farva. He's got cop face. He can't help he it. He does. And even though his hair was terrible in this movie, <laughs> he didn't give me Farva. Like even no, when he was, it was being totally stern or like character. Well, that's the thing that they do, which I think is yeah. also very cool is that when they go and do this these different characters because it's always all very different that they fully give you right that very different character every single same with time. sam <coughs> yeah the fun, police. the fun police no one ever suspects the fun police you gotta have a fun fucking warrant get out of my fun, fun fucking, fucking face, face. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines <laughs> again this movie has provided more probably fun dialogue that people don't realize where it comes from that it's right. like a lot, same with Super Troopers. A lot of their shit, Broken Lizard itself, has slipped into culture and people don't realize it. Just like Borat and things from Tim and Eric, that it's become dialogue and people don't have any idea where it comes from. And it's like uh, the legitimacy of this movie is one of the alarming things, is especially with the kills. Not a lot is biting other films. Most of it's real, like, let's figure out how to do something alarming with this movie. And as you progress through the plot, moving with these, you find out eventually that. There is a killer on this island and that they cannot alert the police, despite one version of this movie actually having police as hardcore characters that appear through the the director's cut is an hour and 59 minutes or so. So there's 14, 15 minutes of, of weird stuff. There's an entire character that's one of the staff members that has been disappeared completely from that version. But what you follow majorly is a pure whodunit speckled with murders, but the murders are speckled throughout ridiculous scenarios of human Pac-Man games, yeah. which is is maybe the best scene in the entire movie, Follow the Banana. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't use the, the, the Pac-Man stuff, so you have, like, a pretzel. I think you've right. got, like... A pear. Yeah, a pretzel, <laughs> a pear, a watermelon, a banana. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. what else. But nonetheless, a watermelon gets fucked. I mean, it's well, yeah. pretty perfect. I still look a salty bastard. I, can you imagine? Fu- so now, like, 
I could see how you could end up fucking Juan, but fucking Juan as a pretzel. I mean, if you were dressed as a watermelon, why not? I guess, why not? What's uh, impressive about that character that Steve Lemmy plays is he has no body hair. That that dude shaved and waxed every single. It was apparently like thirty five strips of it. wax. Like you hairless. Yeah, hairless what is he freak calling? or whatever. Like you hairless freak. You and Hank are dead. What? Yeah. What, what? are you saying to me? You, you and Hank are dead. What are, are you, you saying to me? You hairless little you and dog. Hank are fucking yeah. dead. Are you threatening me? Hey. You and Hank are dead. Why? What did we do? No, man. You and Hank are fucking dead. You threatening me? Because if you are, you little hairless lapdog. Puta! Just come and look. Yeah, perfect. And I, you know what's weird is I have an uncle who, when he was young, looked like that actor. And he used to do, like, cliff diving when we would go. To, oh, really? Like, yeah. like Steve Lemmy? Yeah, where we would go places. He wasn't a super ladies man or anything, but he. He totally looked like that guy when he dived off the cliff. I was like, oh, Uncle Bill. <laughs> I was like, he's giving me Uncle Bill. And then it's like, ooh, Uncle Bill, you fucked a goat? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> you fuck a goat one time. I mean, he's probably yes. the only one that. And my get uncle it. always had the mustache. So I think he reminded me <clears throat> even more in Super Troopers than yeah. my uncle. He could get it in that. He could get it. He can get it. Him and Jake could get it. Yeah, kind of. Jay can kind of get it. Kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Jay Chandrasa Kakar. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if I can say your name. He I'm not yelling last names. Get it. <laughs> Look here, buddy. We're we're lining it up on Death by DVD. You got two. Well, you know, come do a guest yeah, spot. I'll, I'll give you their phone numbers. We'll work it out. <laughs> oh my god. This seems like a good place to take a quick commercial break with a word from one of our sponsors. They call me the mayor Cause I spend all my days here you would too if you knew what I know. The sweet sounds of coconut peat. Music that has lived on for generations. Born in Fort Worth, Texas, May 17, 1955, William Petrovic Christoph Blaine von Wolfenhausenstein Burgerdorf III, better known as Coconut Pete, was an American music icon whose career spanned nearly six decades. Coconut Pete's life centered around good vibes. In fact, he used to say, have a good time all the time, and always eat the worm. And now, you can live the good times just like you were there. From the people who brought you the Ernest Borgnine Hands-On Guide to Masturbation, we proudly can present for the first time ever, Sea Shanties and Wet Panties, La 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 la. The Coconut Pete Story. 
Written by Lars Brunkwurst and Amy Daniels, the survivors of the 2004 Pleasure Island Massacre that ended the epic life of Coconut Pete. Starting with his humble beginnings as a meek musician performing sea shanties at small Texas bars to Mexican audiences, to selling out stadiums and being ripped off by Jimmy Buffett. Fuck that guy, son of a son of a bitch. Mother, motherfucker. This book tells the entire uncensored story of Coconut Pete. Like the infamous 1973 Dugong and Big Bong tour with the Allman Brothers, or the dreadful 1989 Walmart parking lot stabbing, plus Coco Pete's personal meditation guide, Coconut Pete's famous paella recipe, and much, much more. Can anyone guess the secret ingredient? Come on. Coconut, Pete's paella. The secret ingredient? Coconut, Pete's? Uh, coconut? Yes, goddammit! Yes! Yes! Yeah! Jesus! You think any money has to put up with this Officially licensed by the estate of Coconut Pete, this book explores every angle of this beach angel's life. Buy it now exclusively at www.deathbydvd.com for the low, low price of $29.95. Order in the next hour and receive an exclusive copy of The Coconut Rolls On, the very best of Coconut Pete a 12-track compilation album featuring one of Bob Marley's children and Phil Collins. Sea Shanties and Wet Panties La 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 The Coconut Pete Story by Lars Brunkwurst and Amy Daniels Guess it seems that everybody's looking to find their own paradise But it ain't on Earth Someday we're all gonna die. Someday we're all gonna die. Don't meet your fate without having read this book. Also available at Walmart and select Circle K gas stations across the USA. Get your copy now. supervision. Do you know all the lyrics to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Remember Mayor McCheese and the Fry Guys? Have an inexplicable love for the California Raisins? Can you remember Madonna's original face? Then you might be a part of the Doom Generation. Laugh until you cry with us each week as we stumble blindly through the memories of the movie and other random things that doomed us to be the salty, sarcastic, sardonic ladies you want to hang with. You know us. You love us. You can't f***ing live without us. Doom Generation. Available everywhere you find podcasts. But yeah, I don't know. I 
I watched it. It's the fact that I watched it twice and the second time wasn't like uh, about no. watching it Mm-mm. means it's not a fucking terrible movie. No, it actually is. A, it's entertaining. It's a pretty good movie. It's like if, depending on how you want to enjoy it. Like there's different yeah. levels. I mean, that. if you're like looking for a film. No, it's not going to be a no. film. But I mean, if you're looking for a decent Broken Lizard movie to watch. I liked it. See, I kind of will defend it on the sense of it, it It really can be like a film. It's got every characteristic of classic 70s giallo and, and American slasher films as well. But there's a play out with all of the characters. You get a definitive beginning, middle, and end with absolutely everyone. Those that were cut, there's, uh, I think in the final film, the only character that you see was cut was a member of the staff. And there's a scene where it's not Brittany Snow, but it's that hot chick named Brittany, jumps into a pool and somebody runs past yelling, hey, grab my ass and y'all get a free drink. <laughs> yeah, that's That character was a full cast member that was just fucking cut out of the movie. Oh. Then there are two police officers that are investigating... I don't know why they even show yeah, up. Yeah, how did they, they, they get were... notified? It didn't show right, it in that version? Right, because they couldn't, because they had the radio the and everything was, cut, was yeah. like busted. Well, I thought that the naked person was the killer. The naked person? The na- that runs by, like, whoever oh. catches me gets a free drink And it or makes sense, though, because following that scene, somebody dies. One of my right. favorite characters, whose name I can't even remember, but it's the guy that orders a Drambuie neat. That's, yes. That scene fucking never fails to kill me. And it's, uh, both of you were speaking about it a moment ago. I have loved this movie since it came out. I This movie came out in 2004, so I was a freshman in high school, believe it or not. And I thought it was hysterical then, so I chalked it up to, well, you're fucking stupid. You know, <laughs> you're you're 14 years old. Of course, this movie was funny. There's tits in it. But watching it years later, I well, you know, I'm not strengthening my argument at all here. But I <laughs> I still found it I, I stoned and sober, fucking absolutely hysterical through and through. And it's just the minute of jokes per ratio. Not everything lands. Not everything is in your face. But there's just a weird, like the you thing. On top of that, the the Coletti machete thing, there's just weird, if you watch the movie and it's weird to say, oh, you got to watch it five times for it to be funny, but legitimately, <laughs> like the third time you watch this movie, it's like, you know what? They got something cooking here. Right. There, there was a whole point to all of this, and it's, 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 it's the duality of the film being layered on top of it being a pretty visceral slasher film. There are a lot of, of legitimate violent deaths in this yeah. movie. It's, it, it goes from suddenly you're laughing, it's really cute, it's funny, to beloved characters, Coconut Pete, man. <laughs> I know. You know. That blood luge was harsh. The blood I did not like the like, blood luge. The bla- that was disgusting. That pretty gross. That I didn't like at all. All the bodies hanging I liked all the, the bodies hanging cool. up there. Like That was cool, like to have the big reveal at the end with all the, oh, everybody's up there. Well, in the climax... Yes. Come on now. I would not. I did not see. I did not see that coming. I find it hard to find who the killer is. Like, I don't think it's it's from even the first scene, even if you've seen this movie before and I hadn't watched it. This was a duality that we had planned. Let's do a crossover show. And I threw it in Doom Generations Court. You guys picked the movie. And it came back to like, I, you do it. <laughs> I'm like, you pick. We don't like to pick. You no, pick. we're going on your show. Be a man, motherfucker. And I, I was like, you know, live or die, there's two movies I can talk about. It's 
Aliens or Club Dread, and you guys did Aliens already, so Club Dread was the logical. And it's it's terrible because I've not said really anything about the movie whatsoever. But <laughs> <laughs> I've had not really anything to say. But this is in a way a spoiler free episode. For it kind of is. Haven't seen Club because we haven't given shit away. Not really. I mean, I want I want to give the end scene away though because I, mean, I want to like, talk about that. But because it's hilarious. Because he does so well at. Do we, are, we're gonna say it right. This movie's fucking. Yeah, but like we're gonna. Old, this is right? perfect. Here we can let's let's look at the clock. We're an hour end. This can be the the end of part one. Oh, oh. it's a two part episode now. Look, oh my god, Doom Generation just gave me two weeks of shows. <laughs> <laughs> Suffer. No, <laughs> fuck you. Suffer. Go watch it now. <laughs> Spoil it yourself. It's out there. It's not like it's fucking new. Right? It's on HBO Max. And this is serious. The ashtray's full and the bottle's empty. This is the end of part one. <laughs> Join us next week for more Club Dread and more Doom Generation. If you'd like to hear the whole two-plus-hour-long episode totally uncensored, you're in luck. You can hear the whole thing, both parts, exclusively on our Patreon. Just head over to www.patreon.com slash deathbydvd or head to www.deathbydvd.com and click the page titled Patreon. Until next time, have a good time, all the time, and always eat the worm. Death by DVD is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. from on top of the Blue Crystal Sunshine Mountain in any town USA with transmitters on top of the Empire State Building. The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. I'm Linnea and I like Death by DVD. It's a statement. Reinventarnos de desaparecer para crear un nuevo sistema moderno y eficaz que ya se entiende por todas partes y que nos ha convertido en un banco directo grande, el más grande del mundo. A ponytail will get you tail. Just keep it out of my my time. A few cocktails will never fail that day. You and your chiquita sky high. Ponytails, cocktails, ponytails, cocktails. Two things that will always rock. But a word to all you males. Don't ever lose those tails. Cause then you'll just have pony cock. Darling, I think you're referring to my song, Pina Colada Berg. No, Margaritaville. <laughs>
think you mean Pina Colada Burke. The song I wrote seven and a half fucking years before Margaritaville was even on the map. Of course, you wouldn't know that, because you weren't even born yet. Come on, Hawks, y'all. Let's get us a drink. I don't need this shit. Come on, man. Fuck that guy, son of a son of a bitch. Mother, motherfucker. Bueno, eh, muchas cosas más eh, En todos los países y por suerte También en España la figura del Chef Quality Officer eh, Se encuentra Hola, hola, hola Sí, mira, estoy pensando muchas cosas Y la, la verdad que no, no puedo seguir hablando de este momento Ya reduzco costes o oh, ganas más Nuestro modelo de negocio se basa en la gestión 